Clarence Grasp, Chapter 1, Remembrance Moon. Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast, Patreon-exclusive actual play of the Tyrant's Grasp Adventure Path. Tyrant's dun, Grasp. Dun, dun, dun. That was, uh, that was actually Jordan, <laughs> not Sirenscape. Oh, man, if only I was, like, half as good as Skyrimscape. There you go. Skyrimscape. Skyrimscape. we playing too much Skyrim. Uh, we know how to words, just like oh, we know how to Everybody starts on a cart. So, first off, uh, we're Bring arrested. out your dead. Yes, welcome to our our newest podcast, our second actual play podcast, Beyond Our Mummy's Mask podcast, which is probably where you found us. If you have not found us through that, thank you for immediately jumping into a Patreon yeah, weird. and uh, cool. and supporting us. But we greatly appreciate that. There's more yeah. content on our other uh, RSS feed. And it's <laughs> That's free. It, yes, it is. But uh, this is exclusive, <laughs> so you're going to get all of the special... Really just a lot more of what you love, although we are going to be trying a couple of new things. Uh, (laughs) We're going to be trying to do proper voice work, yes. Uh, It's going to just bear with us, guys. By (laughs) we, it's really just Heather and I, because everybody else does. (laughs) Something like that, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, we're going to be doing the Tyrant's Grasp Adventure Path. The Tyrant's Grasp Adventure Path is the 24th Adventure Path from Paizo Publishing, the last of the first edition Adventure Paths. I know probably there will be a little bit of question about second edition coming out, why we aren't doing a second edition of Path, And in large part, it's because we are known for knowing our stuff and not a rule system that no one knows yet. We need a little bit of time to, to learn 2E yes. before we record with it. And Pretty much, yeah. Tyrant's Grasp is, in essence, the, the shifting point between the... The first edition world and the second edition world, we also figure it is the adventure path that probably the fewest number of people will ever play, as it is the last adventure path of the first edition line of 24 of them. So if you played all other 23 and are jumping into Tyrant's Grasp, spoiler alert. Otherwise, (laughs) I hope you're going to enjoy. So for the off chance that you don't listen to our other podcasts and have jumped into our Patreon, I am your host and game master, Rick Sandage. I take care of running all of the monsters that the players will face and the encounters. And who knows, with a name like this, maybe the tyrant himself. Uh, no. Vito. No. Unless he's Hades. From i got to work on all sorts of yes. whispers. Anyway. <laughs> yes. So let's go ahead and go and do a roundtable introducing ourselves, starting on my left here. I'm Jessica Peters, and I'm going to be playing Ailsa Driscoll, who is a half-orc dirge bard. Say that five times fast. Half-orc dirge bard. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Jordan Jenkins. I'm going to be playing Octavius Black, the human oracle of battle. Battle. Battle! I don't ever. He will do not that be again. using that voice for this <laughs> yes! on the game. No, stop. Damn, distraction. <laughs> oh, no, that's not gonna be my character voice. That's awful. That'd yeah. be amazingly uh, bad. You'd get murdered in real life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am Rachel Sandage. I will be playing uh, Darcy Driscoll, uh, a half elf tattooed sorceress. And I am Heather Allen. I will be playing Valerie Lionheart. She's an elven oh. ghost rider cavalier. All right. Oh, Lionheart. Is your brother named Richard? No. <laughs> <laughs> We've gotten that joke out of the way. History jokes. <laughs> it's going to happen a hundred times. Yep. One hundred times. That's Come what to you're the here for. Stay for the history jokes. Played by jokes. Sean Connery. Yeah, so, yeah, this, stay for the same joke five times over <laughs> the course of 50 episodes. 
because we don't play back to back all the time. We forget we've made the joke. <laughs> oh, no, 100%. I forget I've made the joke and then I'll make the joke again and think I'm real funny. I'm yeah. not. And all the rest of us think you're real funny, too, because we don't remember it. Yeah. <laughs> and then Rick is like, that's like the 20th time you guys have done that. Rick, also our editor, by the way. So he, he remembers yeah, the times yeah. that we've said these jokes. Yes. <laughs> He's like, it wasn't funny the first time. <laughs> so I guess let's go ahead and get this started. Dun, dun, dun. As we begin, I'm going to start this adventure path the way that I like to start all of my adventure paths. I'm going to have the party roll for initiative. Yay, I love it. <laughs> all right, Tradition. Tyrant's Grasp dice. <laughs> I was very hey, average of you. that wasn't bad. I'll point out that uh, I think Jordan started the last uh, adventure path with a perfect 20. So let's see if he... Anybody do that? Did not. I did not do that. Oh, Rachel. Oh, Rachel got it. Nice. <laughs> I started very averagely. All right. Like so let's monitor. start with... Uh, <laughs> I know, right? Uh, Elsa here. Elsa. Uh, Elsa gets a 12. Octavius. 15. Darcy. Uh, Darcy got a 22. Valerie. Uh, 15. 15. Octavius also got a 15, yes? Yes, my initiative modifier is a 1. Mine's a 3. Okay. Our story begins in the small town of Rossler's Coffer, located in the southern portion of the nation of Lastwall far in the northern stretch of Avistan, near Lake Incarthen. Along a sleepy river lies this small hamlet. It is a quaint community filled with the righteous souls and salt-of-the-earth personalities that come with such a quaint town. It is a beautiful day on the 20th of Desnes, in the year 4719. The sun is shining. Unlike in our other adventure path, it is not blazingly hot all the time. It's actually a rather cool and crisp morning as we begin. It's a special morning, however, for the citizens of Rossler's Coffer, as it's the day of the Remembrance Moon. And that is where our story begins from these most humble of beginnings. The sun crests the horizon. A <laughs> rooster sound effect. So we're in Hyrule. Darcy, it's early morning. The nation of Lastwall is further to the north, which means that even during this time of the year, it's still, it's a crisp, cool morning with dew frosting on the windows. And as the sun rises, evaporating and forming kind of a soft mist that floats on the farms outside of the city, which you can see from your second story window. I imagine you'd get dressed, make your way downstairs into the common room for Rossler's Coffers only tavern, the Dancing Harpy. Also, the only thing that passes for an inn here, and by that, it's more a bed and breakfast hostel situation, really, than a traditional inn. The tavern is quiet this early in the morning. Only a few souls making their way in for a morning pick-me-up before they head off to uh, their own businesses. However, there is an air of excitement. Today is the day of the Remembrance Moon, which is a somber occasion, although many in Rossler's Coffer choose to celebrate life as opposed to mourning for death. And as such, your father is already busy directing a number of hired hands to collect various kegs of L and such to load up on the wagon for the celebration that will take place later on in the day. If you want to go ahead and describe your characters, you make your way down the stairs. Um, Darcy is a rather slim figure. She stands at about 5'8". Very trim because she's a half-elf. She's got the slightly pointed ears, but not full on. Uh, She tends to wear her hair to cover them, though, so she's kind of cut it half up because she's not really happy about that side of her, which we'll learn more about later. She has uh, dark auburn hair and very striking emerald green eyes. Um, And she always kind of, let's be honest, she's got RBF. She never really looks very happy. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, okay. I was like, what is RBF? No. <laughs> resting Blank face. face. <laughs> yeah, res- resting. Yeah. Anyway, so she uh, she has a slight intimidating demeanor about her. She's wearing a, a long dark brown coat over her barmaid's. Well, she's probably wearing her nicer dress right now. Cool. So you step off the bottom of the steps. The tavern's common room is a spacious affair, supported by four large pillars with a number of long rows of tables. While being a tavern is a large part of the appeal of this place, this is also really the only eatery in the entirety of the city as well. Renowned for its its sauerkraut and Wiener schnitzel. Wiener schnitzel? Yep. Yeah, there's probably bratwurst then. Yeah. Mm, bratwurst. So yeah, renowned for its sauerkraut and bratwurst. Your father finishes talking to one of the hired hands, turns back and gives you a broad smile as you make your way down the steps. Killian is a tall man, relatively speaking, standing at about five foot ten, with a disheveled mop of auburn hair, although it's starting to go just a little bit gray towards the sides and just a few speckles of uh, of white and gray along his trimmed beard. That's right. <laughs> uh, he has an infectious smile, which he breaks into as you make your way towards him. Slept in a bit this morning, did you? Yeah, it didn't really feel like getting up this morning. Well, I've got a lot to do to take care of these people, arranging everything for the uh, for the festivities later on today. Otherwise, the mayor will be all over me, and you know how she gets. So if you can tend the bar and keep track of these folks, I'd appreciate it. I can do so for a little bit, but Elsa's got me doing the painting thing during the festival later. I suppose if you can cover it until about noon or so, and then uh, I'll be back before you know it. All right, sounds good. He smiles, leaning over and giving you a kiss on top of your head, as he has since you were a tiny child and continues yep. to do probably despite your chagrin even now. Yeah, she's gotten to the point where she's like, yeah, that's just what he does. <laughs> Settling in at the bar, again, there's a couple of the regulars that simply stop in here before going about their daily business. There's a few of the old men who just kind of wander in at sunrise and set up their chessboards in the corners and start playing that, or they're generally complaining about the youth of the city or the <laughs> like recent political... seven children in this town. There's a lot of kids people. here. There's a disproportionate number of children <laughs> Dar- in the city. <laughs> Darcy probably goes up to them and be like, hey, these young people are the ones filling your drinks right now, lads. <laughs> they give you a couple of grumbles. But a solitary figure, however, sits at the end of the bar. A young man that you've seen come here through here a couple of times before, although you don't actually know his name. He's not a citizen of the town, but a traveler that comes through with one of the caravans regularly. The young man you'd say is a human probably in his late teens, maybe early 20s, although if he's in his early 20s, he's attempting to grow something approaching a pencil mustache, although it's only <laughs> a few stray strands of hair. He sits bashfully down at the end of the bar. Uh, Darcy approaches him and uh, asks, anything I can get for you? There's a moment where he, he kind of glances up towards you, glances back behind him as if expecting you to be talking to someone behind him before looking back. Oh, uh, uh, uh milk? <laughs> milk drinker. Are you <laughs> sure you know what building you're in? This, this is the, the, the tavern. Do you know what you usually serve in a tavern? Oh, oh, oh. I mean, I can get you a glass of milk, but it's not the norm. Oh, uh, then I'll take... What's on tap? I'll bring you something. <laughs> uh, you just sit tight. <laughs> buddy boy's first beer. <laughs> she gets him something that's not real strong. Like, so, what is it, a white Russian? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, a pale ale, yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's the morning. It's Bloody Mary time. A mimosa. <laughs> oh, yeah. mimosa. I'll make him a mimosa. It's a celebratory day. We're popping mimosas here at the, uh, at the Driscoll Tavern. <laughs> I mean, they probably do have milk. It's just she's probably not used to that. I mean, it's true. Delivering his drink, he kind of nods to you. 
Not from around here, are you? No, uh, no, no. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm from Three Pines, upriver, or downriver, downriver, the other way, the way the water goes. <laughs> so sense motive. <laughs> what are you doing in Rossler's Cove then? Or, oh, sorry, Coffer. Rossler's Coffer then. And he kind of glances down before looking back up. Uh, I, there's, there's a girl Aww. here. What's her, her name? Uh, Serene. Do I know this person? Uh, I'm going to assume that all of you know every person that's also <laughs> in this town of 500 people. Uh, Serene, probably. Uh, Serene is the daughter of the mill of the mill owner. Okay. Her last name is Miller. <laughs> yeah. Probably. I read probably. Names, here yeah. I find the path. Well, no, that's how <laughs> they used to get their names. Yeah. Like. Yeah. What do they do? Yes. Miller, black for blacksmith. No. Shush over there. Not your. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> you probably just refer to her as Serene, Miller's daughter, because she's the Miller's daughter. Yeah, <laughs> so. Fair enough. So how's long this been going on then? Uh, by going on, you mean? Uh, I'm assuming you're trying to court her. Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, um, I I don't know if she knows me. Uh, I my my family we 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 make burlap. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So bring it up the river, and it's it's used in the mill, and they collect the grain. And he would go on for about another minute explaining the whole process of putting grain in bags. For flaxseed. I see. I see. Um, so you've never actually met her then? Well, I, I've met her. Um, I Have you I nodded to her, her and she's uh, spoken now. Okay. But uh, I I understand there's a, a, a jeweler in in town. Ah, Dagen. you must be referring to Dagon's jewelers. Yes, Ju- yes. Uh, 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 I I I went there yesterday. What'd you buy? Uh, no, nothing. He's uh. Pricey. No, no, no. I've I I have I have. He reaches down, kind of jingling a pouch that seems like it has a fair amount of money. You should probably keep that under wraps. Oh, oh, yes. <laughs> uh, it's just, he, he, he's a very frightening man. This, this, <laughs> I'm, I'm used to jewelers not being so, uh, uh. Intimidating. I, I, I don't have a lot of experience with, with, uh. Dwarves? With dwarves, yes. Ah. Uh, so I, I thought maybe just a, a little, uh, liquid courage, as my, as my dad would say. Milk? Milk? <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure milk would have been your liquid courage then. So it's uh, it's, it's very fortifying and, and good for your bones. <laughs> <laughs> Got milk. Hmm. So, uh, what are you planning on buying her then? I, I, I thought something uh, like uh, a necklace, maybe. Or, okay, or good. Some as long as you or... didn't do a ring, steer no, clear of no, that for no, right now. No, I, I haven't uh, I haven't talked to her at all. Does she know who you are? Uh, no. So it sounds like you need I'm, more I'm of an introduction. By the way. Than, sorry. Dietrich. Dietrich. All right. Well, uh, my name's Darcy. You might need an introduction before you try any of the jewelry stuff. See if you even actually like her. Okay. Okay. That's uh, that's that's a good idea. I'll I'll. Do you know I'll about try. the festival today? I, I I heard something. Is. So that might be a good opportunity to try to get that introduction. Oh, she'll probably be there. Oh, that, that could uh, do you, you you know her? This could, is a very small town. I know everybody. Could could you give your introduction? Yes. Probably. Oh, that would that would be that would be great. I think you need to finish your liquid courage first. Oh yes, yes. Thank you. It's uh, it smells very potent. You should probably eat something too. Would you like some pretzels or sauerkraut or something? Uh, yes, I, uh, yes. 
I'll bring you a little bit of everything. <laughs> you're pretty nice. I was going to say, you're pretty nice for an RBF kind of a person, right? Just because she just you have RBF around. doesn't mean that you're a mean person. Yeah. She just kind of turns around and immediately mutters, like, this is never going to work. And just yeah. Walks off. yeah, okay, there you go. I was like, man. She's probably rolling her eyes hardcore, but yeah. So, elsewhere, Valerie, you've been up for some time by this point. Your morning was filled with your usual activities, feeding the horses, putting them back out to pasture, mucking the stalls and all the rest of that. So That's what I pay the kids that aren't old enough to have like a real job yet, but are too old to go to school. <laughs> Stable boys <laughs> yeah. and girls. Once you're done tending your morning horses, tending morning horses. That's <laughs> the horses of the morning. The horses of the morning. <laughs> they come in with the dawn and disappear before noon. <laughs> They're replaced by the Burning off like horses. dew on the grass. <laughs> They're replaced by the late shift horses. Uh, when you're done with your morning activities, you mount up, tie lines to three other draft horses, and make your way into town. You know that the festivity is going to be taking place this evening. The livery had contacted you, requested lending horses from you to lend to other establishments for bringing in kegs full of beer and so on for tonight's festivities. It's not a long ride into town. Well, you do live on the edge of town, it's still within, you can walk out onto your porch and see the glory that is Rossler's Coffer spread out before you. Okay. You travel down one of its four roads, <laughs> making your way in towards the town. The Freeman's livery marks the northern edge of the town. For those coming across the barely used north road, which runs between the uh, northern Fangwood and the Hold of Belskin, making its way north from here up to the Castle Everstan and Castle Foreen, which are the next closest, although those are still almost 100 miles away from where you are. You make your way into the town and begin to approach towards the livery. A number of stable hands work outside. They actually have fewer horses, but more hired people than you do. But you're not entirely positive what the business sense of that makes. <laughs> However, considering that a vast majority of the people working here are halflings, you're not entirely positive if they're all... Actually, you know that almost all of them are related, as the Freemark livery has been in the family for the better part of, you'd say, 12, 13 generations. You're not positive. And for halflings, that's a longer time than a human. The Freemark livery is the second largest building in town. It is also the oldest structure. Once upon a time, this was almost the only thing here, back when this was just a ford making its way across the river and a stopover point during the Shining Crusade. As you begin to approach, one of the halflings breaks off from the rest and makes his way forward, the owner of the Freemark, who gives you a smile and a wave. You've worked with Han for a number of years, and he glances up towards you the far distance, considering that you're on top of a... You raised draft horses, correct? Yeah. The, yeah. the What is it? The Clydesdales or the yeah. Chargers? Or whatever the fantasy equivalent of Clydesdale, Clydesdale is. is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The giant Budweiser horses that... Dire horses. Dire horses. <laughs> <laughs> Considering how large those actually are, which if you've ever been next to them, they are obscenely large horses. For a halfling, they're quite well beyond that. <laughs> the man gives you a smile as you approach. Good morning. Good morning. So, just these fine four, huh? And did you need more? No, no, this should do just fine. The mayor has an idea to uh, bring in all of the uh, the drinks and such. And considering how long her speeches are, I think we'll probably need it. More than likely. Are you going to be attending the festivities this year? Of course. Why wouldn't I? Oh, I mean, we don't see a lot of you around here, so... Valerie would shrug, sliding off the horse. Dismounting, how would you describe Valerie? Uh, Valerie is an elf. Um, she is fairly... Enough description. 
No. Yes, no, that's no. it. She's an elf. That's all you get. Um, she's, she's Liv Tyler. <laughs> Moving on. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, she's tall, standing at just about six foot two. She's fairly slim, like an elf, with uh, pale skin and bright green eyes and long blonde hair, which she keeps tied back in a bunch of intricate and fancy braids to keep it out of her face when she's working with the horses. And right now she's probably just wearing, you know, a pair of work boots and a tunic and pants, and she's been with the horses all morning. Very well. The halfling takes the reins from you, stands on his toes and pats the neck of the horse as well as he can, reaching as far over his head as humanly possible, or halflingly possible. <laughs> halflingly possible, that's awkward to say. Valerie would try to hide a smile at this little tiny halfling and this horse that is huge. <laughs> well, then I suppose I'll see you at the festival this evening. Of course. He turns beginning to make his way in. A second figure emerges from within the shadows of the stable. A tall man, a human, you'd say probably in his mid-thirties, wearing fine armor as well as a tabard displaying proudly the symbol of the Knights of Ozum. The man blinks into the bright sunlight for a couple of seconds before glancing about. Do I recognize him? You would recognize this as being uh, Hannes Cross, mm-hmm. who is the, effectively he's currently the uh, the garrison head for the Knights of Ozum stationed in Rossler's Coffer. <laughs> The knight gives you a nod, making his way over. Good morning. My lady. Shh. I apologize. Valerie. Mm-hmm. Better. I pray that you're doing well this evening. 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 Morning. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's real drunk. I've <laughs> just come from the tavern. I've been on night shift all night. I'm very tired. <laughs> it's a usual morning so far. Well, I trust that you're going to be joining in the festivities. Yes. Why does everyone seem surprised by that? Well, I didn't wish to presume. Hmm. Are you going to be there? Of course. We are going to be there to honor our own fallen. As will I. Would you care to join us for a drink in remembrance? Of course. Very well. Then we will meet you there this evening. I have a question, perhaps. He glances towards the uh, halflings, who seem to have all just kind of continued sort of doing their work (laughs) while listening with one ear, as they're uh, a very gossipy family. He politely leads you off towards the side, further away from this. Uh, you're going to have to walk back to your place unless you're staying in town for the rest of the day. Oh, I'm going to go change. But yeah, Valerie would follow him down the path. Have you seen anything odd near your farms? Mm, what do you mean? My men have reported over the last few days seeing uh, strange sights. What sort of sights? Odd lights in the woods. Not quite torches. Steady light. They assumed possibly uh, will-o'-wisps down from Ghostlight Marsh or possibly some sort of bandits coming out of the northern Fangwood. No, not particularly. Any sign of a... I understand that there's a local superstition about a a great woman. Mm, I periodically search for her, but I've not seen her. My men said that they saw some sort of cloaked figure like a woman in the woods. You may ask Ailsa. She tends the graveyard here. She knows quite a bit about the local legends. Hmm. Perhaps you were right. Thank you for your time, my mm, uh, Valerie. You're welcome. He steps back, unable to stop himself from giving a curt bow, before turning and making his way back towards the stables. Valerie sighs, before beginning to turn and walk back towards the ranch. (laughs) Elsewhere. Octavius. (laughs) We need that sound effect. (laughs) It's probably copyrighted. Oh, it's definitely copyrighted. (laughs) Octavius, you've had a busy morning. 
You were up late the evening before carving uh, or finishing the final sanding down as you'd actually finished already your carving of a bust of the town's founder to be put up in the town hall slash schoolhouse since the town has both. I was going to say, we're such a small town. The town hall is also the schoolhouse. (laughs) This did keep you up late the evening before and as such you woke up somewhat later in the morning, although still before your daughter, whom you had to wake up and force her to get ready for school. Sounds about Uh, right. Wait, there's school on a holiday like this? What up with that? Yes. Dang. Learn. There's so much learning to do. How are they going to get those experience points to get a level <laughs> in something? To get one level of... Uh, get level two of commoner. <laughs> uh, a level of expert. A level of expert, yeah. Well, no, no, no. See, you got you to go to school to get the level of commoner. Then you have to go into your apprenticeship to get your level of expert. I think you could just be a commoner. I don't think you have to level into commoner. I don't know. We've never played children and tried to be adventurers. That'd so. be fun. Getting into the mechanics of it. <laughs> As a human, you actually have to have a class, and therefore a baby is a first-level commoner. <laughs> but as we focus on you, however, your wife, Cora, gives you a smile as you settle down, making her way over and pouring you a, uh, I guess a morning glass of L. Um, <laughs> There's no coffee in this world. Yeah. coffee, it's just not here. <laughs> there is coffee, but yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's no far coffee. away, yeah. so yeah. It's, you, I, can actually, I, you can buy coffee, but I don't think the small town would have nah, coffee. Nah. There is I, trade I, with uh, Arcadia. I have my uh, my morning uh, depressant because I believe alcohol is a depressant. So yes, probably a little bit. It's that it's that nice chunky mead. That chunky. Yes, it doubles as breakfast. It doubles as breakfast. Yeah. It's a breakfast shake. <laughs> he has his protein shake in the morning. Cora leans down, gives you a kiss on the cheek as she lays out a plate of uh, morning sausage and eggs and your breakfast beer. Did you get everything done this evening? Are we going to be all ready for the festival then? Yeah, I've just gotta get it over there. Well, I'll make sure that, uh, my daughter's name. (laughs) (laughs) Also being really gravelly. Uh, He's he's sleepy. He's sleep deprived. That's intentional. I'll make sure Petra makes it to class. Excellent. Thank you. Of course. You look very tired. Yeah, I'll figure something out. Just maybe dunk my head in the water trough or something. Maybe pop into the tavern. I'm sure that Killy wouldn't mind if you took a nap in a corner somewhere. Uh, it's not the worst idea I've ever heard. <laughs> she just shakes her head, ruffling the side of your hair somewhat in an affectionate sort of way. Your daughter stomps into the room at that point, being all of, I think, ten? Uh, yeah, she's ten. Petra makes her way in, gives you just kind of a, a nod, but obviously still somewhat disgruntled about you waking her up since she was enjoying her, uh, her sleeping in, since apparently neither of her parents were actually going to wake her up in time for class today. Although her class doesn't actually start until noon because the, the younger kids are taught in the early morning and then the older kids are taught in the afternoon. And she's considered an older kid. Well, this year. She's a big kid now. She's a big kid. She's 10. Five more years, she'll be an adult. Oh, yeah. don't. Yeah, I was, was going to say, like, <laughs> that thought crosses Octavius and he's like, no. Your daughter shares a fair number of features with your wife with the same auburn hair, the same bright eyes, uh, the same round face. Although she's hit that growth spurt thing where, you know, last year she was a foot shorter than she is now. Yep. Uh, and as such, she's all limbs and no coordination. <laughs> <laughs> she smiles, settling down, thanking her mom as she gets her plate of food. The two of you eat in silence for a short time, her mother eventually joining the two of you. You know your daughter well. Well enough to know that when she's silent, it's usually because she's thinking. And when she's thinking, it's usually because she wants something. <laughs> you kind of like side glances at her copper for your thoughts so 
Our teachers talked to the jeweler, and he's going to let her borrow one of his devices, and they're going to be using it to observe the moon later on this evening, and she wants to do that as part of a school project. And all my friends are going, but I need to actually have permission before I can go myself, and so I need all of you to sign off on this little permission slip. (laughs) (laughs) She hands over a sheet of paper. Glancing it over... It's in the fine spider script that, that you immediately recognize as Mara Revolts, the school mistress for the town. It explains in a little bit better detail that apparently she spoke with Dagon and has secured from him an actual telescope. What? Wow. Cool. Of which she wants to use this evening since it's going to be the full moon to teach the children about the moon and its movements and the various phases of the moon and actually getting to look up and see the moon and so on and so forth. All right, so Octavius kind of turns towards her a little bit. And if I sign this, what's in it for me? Rude. <laughs> An educated child. No, no, no. An educated child. The joy of child learning. The joy of learning. You guys are so bad. He's trying to, like, have a moment with his daughter here. <sighs> I'll, I'll, I'll sweep out your workshop. I was thinking more of a kiss, but okay, that'll work too. He signs it real quick. <laughs> thinking that he's gotten, like, something good. Chief size takes it, leans over, kisses you on your, I think, bearded cheek. I am bearded. Uh, how, how would you describe Octavius? Uh, so Octavius is about 30 years old. He stands pretty tall, about six foot three. Uh, uh, he has the look of a man who was at one point a soldier. Like he has the, he keeps his hair in more of the military cut. The beard is long, but it's like very neat. Um, you know, brown hair, brown eyes. But he has that look of a guy who's kind of gone to seed a little bit. So he's got a little bit of a dad bod going on. Dad bod. Uh, A couple extra pounds. uh, He had a six pack and a cooler. Yeah. I mean, probably. Yeah. And the keg. He's got a keg. He's got got a six pack with the keg. (laughs) Around a keg, yeah. Um, Because he does stay somewhat fit because he does woodworking. But um, So kind of uh, old man Logan. Yeah, without the gray. Yeah, he's still fit. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, 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 exactly. He's 30, yeah. not 57. Yeah, so well, without fair, the gray. Hugh Jackman he, still barely looks 57. <laughs> I don't know how old Hugh Jackman actually is. I don't know either. Hugh Jackman has good genes, so he can be as old as he wants to be. Yeah, it's not like Keanu Reeves, who just doesn't age. Yes, true, sir. true. Yeah, despite that, he does hold himself with a rather rigid posture and, uh, again, looks like he's seen some combat at some point. Very well. Upon getting this, she hops up to her feet, waves, smiles at both the two of you. You know that she always walks to school with her own friends, and so rushes out to go and find her friends, obviously quite pleased. I forgot to mention that at the bottom of that sheet of parchment, it did inform you that she would be out until about 2 a.m. Huh. Funny how he didn't catch that. No, <laughs> no it's fine. He's fine. That's fine. Education. They'll be yep. chaperoned. Yeah, exactly. They're chaperoned. It'll That's true. There's a teacher there. There's, there's like, knights patrolling the border and stuff. Like, they're, they're going to be fine. You, know, you finish your breakfast, kiss your wife goodbye, go and collect the uh, the bus that you have. Make your way off into uh, into the city to go and help set up everything for tonight's festivities. Alrighty. Cutting from there, we go to Elsa. Hey, it's me. Today is the busiest day of the year for Elsa. You woke up early in the morning, before sunrise. Made your way out from your one-bedroom shack. <laughs> it's a nice shack. I say shack, but it's only in the size, really. It's probably it's nicely. House. It's a small house. Efficiency house. It's efficiency house, yes. It's a tiny uh, house. <laughs> oh, stepping, you know, it probably is. Yeah. 
stepping out from your front door directly into the uh, the mist shrouded graveyard that is your home. Ah, beautiful. With a big grin on her face. Yep. Yeah. It's just like you know she like greets the day and like she opens up with the shutters, opens out and is like, "Good morning, everyone." And there's just like corpses, <laughs> like just nothing but graveyard outside. She uh, definitely sees one. All the corpses moved. are underground, Jordan. <laughs> wow, man. But she sees she... tombstones. Tombstones everywhere. <laughs> but if she does see something rustling, then she's like, "All right, let's get my sword." <laughs> no, I have a shovel. Sorry, shovel. Oh. I have a great axe, but it's in the house. She multiclassed in a shovel night. (laughs) (laughs) You have been up since the pre-dawn hours. And by now you have finished going through, making sure that everything is properly weeded. All the graves are properly tended. You've set out flowers across a fair number of the various graves here. Mostly taking the time to tend to the ones that no longer, that there's no one effectively left to tend to. Mm -hmm. Whose families have either... Passed away due to simply the the age of the families that have stayed here until there was no longer a person to continue on the family name. Or, of course, the sad collection of newer gravestones from 12 years past. Since the Twisted Nell Orcs came from the northern Fangwood and devastated the city then. By the time that you have finished putting all the flowers that you already have out, the sun has risen in full, shines down on you. A large obelisk stands towards the center of the graveyard. The trail makes its way from the graveyard's entrance directly up to this and forms into a circled drive around the outside of this obelisk and then continues on past that, making its way up towards the only true structure outside of your small shack down at the bottom of the Mm -hmm. hill, which is Rossler's tomb. Rossler's tomb. Still sealed after all of these centuries standing at the top of the hill. You make your way over, glancing over the, the monolith here formed as basically a memorial cover with names, some of them stretching back centuries to the point that just through the wear and tear and age of centuries, they're somewhat difficult to make out. Although you make a point to contact the local craftsmen periodically to just chisel out or keep some of these names from wearing away entirely. The further you go down from the top of this, the newer the names become. The very top of this is surmounted by a single sword, which has been maintained over the years, plunged into the top of this monolith with a sunburst design around the outside, denoting it as the symbol of the goddess Ayamide. And each one of these names bear a small shield emblem next to them, denoting the fallen members of the Knights of Ozum, who have died either knights who lived in this town and then rode north to fight in the Shining Crusade, or knights from the north who came south to aid in defense of Rossler's coffer or the battles against the orcs of the hold of Beltskin and had fallen subsequently. You realize, of course, as you already anticipated, that you don't have enough flowers and such to actually finish decorating this structure and will need to make your way into town. By going into town, you effectively walk out of the graveyard and then immediately onto a street into the town, which is another one of the four streets in this town. Ah, yes. <laughs> street number four. Yes. Uh, the streets are all unnamed because everyone here doesn't really need directions to anyone's houses. Uh, or if you're a local, they simply say, well, go down this street, past that next intersection, go down to the right. It's the fourth house on your left, the end. It's one of those places where they judge distance by time. Mm. It's like a five-minute yeah, walk. Yeah, it's, it's, it's five minutes that way. It's over yonder. You make your way out from under the arch that leads into the graveyard and into the town proper. The graveyard abuts the river on one side, which is rather nice as the occasional geese or swan come up into the graveyard and you get to sing dirge songs to them, depressing the geese, <laughs> until, the they, <laughs> depressing the geese until they fly away in sadness. Oh. oh. <laughs> like a reverse Disney princess. <laughs> hey, crows like me. 
it's it's true. All the ravens follow you everywhere. All things that are normally the the bad guys in uh, the yeah. Disney movies. Yeah. Disney stereotypes, though. You make your way into the city, eventually making your way to the city center square. You've always been confused by someone calling this a square, as it's, it's actually a circular. <laughs> <laughs> that notwithstanding, this is the town square. A majority of this town is very practical. The structures are stone ground floors with the upper floors being wood with uh, high gabled roofs to help the snow sloth, o- sloth off the top of the roofs whenever uh, you get your frequent snowstorms in the winter. Mm-hmm. There's not much as far as decoration is concerned in Rossler's Coffer with the exception of the single statue that stands in the center of the square. This is of the titular Rossler, Irvin Rossler, a towering figure if the statue is to scale standing at least seven feet tall. You don't think it's to scale. No. He has a long mane of hair which falls behind him. His helmet is currently tucked underneath one arm. His shield bears the holy symbol of Aroden, uh, the eye of the god of humanity, which stares out despite the fact that, of course, Aroden has now been dead for 100 years. But the carvers 500 years ago would have probably never suspected that Aroden would ever die. Mm -hmm. So obviously, Mm -hmm. yes. He holds a heavy mace in his opposite hand. Uh, which he has kind of dropped down to his side. And you think that there's a hint of a smile playing on his fine aquiline features, although it's difficult to tell from his thick, thick mustache. Have any of you ever seen a depiction of a... Not to paint him as a bad guy, but have any of you ever seen a depiction of Vlad Tepish? What? Yeah. Vlad the Impaler. Oh, Oh, okay, yes. Yeah, he's got that impressive mustache and the long man. He looks a lot like that. I was just thinking of Tom Selleck. Oh. <laughs> yes, actually, Tom Selleck, basically. <laughs> also, also, very awesome villain. I guess she's she's gonna walk over and like pat him on the foot because I assume, is he raised or is he like standing? Uh, he stands on a, a three foot tall pedestal. All right. She pats his foot. She's like, "Good yes. morning, you sly dog." And then she continues on to uh, the florist. The statue says nothing. Yeah, well, uh, it's really a construct. It attacks. She talks to a lot of stone things because she li- lives in a graveyard. You want to go ahead and uh, give me a description, perhaps, sure. for uh, Miss Elsa. Elsa. Ailsa stands at six foot even. Uh, she has a soft Rubenesque build, uh, but it's belied by the muscle that she would have to have to dig graves and carry heavy stuff around the graveyard. Uh, her strawberry blonde hair is usually put up in a pair of buns that are kind of at the back of her head. Not Leia buns, but like... Like Chun Li. Sure. <laughs> uh, they don't have ribbons, though. Her skin is somewhere between olive and sage green. She has kind of a square jaw and a wide, dimpled smile that has little, small tusks. Not big, huge tusks. She doesn't have a bite attack. Um, <laughs> she has blue eyes that seem to shift slightly depending on her mood, but since she's mostly always happy, they're usually a bright blue color. Across her chest, from shoulder to shoulder, she has a really intricate rose tattoo that Darcy gave her. Yeah. Oh, and she wears, you know, trousers and boots and... She Money has pants like, and <laughs> Yeah, she's like got her gardening gear on. She'll change before the festival actually starts. You have a gardening hat? Ah, yes, definitely. It definitely (laughs) has a pink ribbon. There you go. (laughs) Off the town square is the general store, which is also where you're going to be able to get your flowers. Oh, okay. Uh, As you begin to approach the structure, you would find that the two floors are already outside, carrying on one of their bickering arguments as usual. Oh, no. You know both of the two of them. Grald and Roldabar have been married for, from what you understand, decades. And... Obviously, they must love one another, considering that they're still together. That is, despite the fact that you have never seen them not bickering. (laughs) Mostly because both of them are consummate professionals, as far as botany and flowers are concerned, with varying opinions on both. Oh, my. (laughs) Grald is a kindly old man, you'd say probably in his late 60s, who has started going bald across the top, although seems to have decided to hide that by wearing even more various impressive hats. 
mostly of Taldane nature, so they're wide-brimmed hat tucked up on one side with a big feather. (laughs) His husband, however, simply has always worn the same straw hat to keep himself safe from the beating sun during the day, and both of them are in the process of trimming the flowers and arguing over whether or not the red roses or the lilacs would be more appropriate for a celebration of both life and death. Mm. Girl smiles uh, as you interrupt the two of them, obviously relieved to be out of the argument. Robillard simply shakes his head. Ah, good morning, good morning. Good morning. Well, I think both of them are appropriate. Um, I probably need all of them. There's a lot of graves. Oh, yes. Oh, you had the order for the flowers. Yep. Well, the mayor has already paid for them, so uh, we're we're always up there. Uh, we were just, you, you said that you, you liked both. Well, I like all flowers. Oh, well. Oh, I mean, do you, do you think we should go? I particularly prefer the rose. In Taldor, we use the rose for everything. It has uh, a fine bouquet and aroma to it, and I think that the thorns can be finely representative mm. of the swords of our fallen soldiers. Well, what if we do the roses for the soldiers, and we do and we do the lilies for the the civilians? That way, we're using both. Rubelar strokes his finely trimmed beard. It's not a bad idea. Mm. You are quite the consummate diplomacy. Uh, diplomats, di- diplomancer. 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 Bard, a.k.a. Diplomancer. Great, actually. Multi-class. I'm having trouble with words. Uh, yes, you're, you're quite the, the apt uh, diplomat. Oh, well, thanks. Yes. Uh, I imagine we'll, of course, uh, see you enjoying the festivities this evening. Of course, and I think I've convinced Darcy to do some face painting. Oh, you're, uh... Sister? Uh, yeah, you're, yes, your Sister, yes. <laughs> uh, I like the hat. Is this a new one? Ah, uh, yes, this is by... Uh, it was sent by my cousin, Reginald. Oh, how's Reginald doing? Oh, he's doing fantastic. From what I understand, his son is going to be a knight in, uh, in the new Queensguard once oh. things have settled back in Taldor. You know how the Taldane are. Oh, of course. Yes. Of course. Yes, for Taldor. <laughs> anyway, um, I don't know how I'm gonna get these flowers back. Oh, <laughs> oh, we'll 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 help you. Don't worry. The two older men collect the flowers in a variety of baskets. Uh, provide a basket to you. Mix them both before Excellent. each of them, seemingly still in argument, take their respective roses or lilies. <laughs> um, <laughs> continuing to make some uh, some side discussions before. Yeah. Elsa kind of like shakes her head. They would then help you back, uh, following you back to help you lay these out. It takes a much longer time with the two of them slowly trundling behind you as opposed to... uh, Uh, Oh, well. To be fair, you know, you're a half-orc, so you're going to hope to be looking that good when you're 70. Yeah, well, I hope I get to be 70. (laughs) (laughs) The day passes for each of the four of you. As the day begins to wear on and the evening begins to approach, the festival grounds are set up in full. The festival takes place outside of the graveyard in the old Sycamore Grove, which is a large open area that abuts the graveyard on one side and isn't far from the graveyard's entrance. Darcy, you arrive with enough time to set up a small booth, uh, as your sister requested, to do some face painting for the children and all the rest of that. Uh, Valerie, you can easily make your way there after spending some time in town, going back, changing into... Probably just a nice... Like dress. Once again, the uh, the remembrance moon is a period of mourning, but it's also a celebration of life. 
I don't imagine all of you here in black, but... Nope, got some. Darcy is. Well, Darcy's always wearing black. Yeah, Darcy's always wearing black. Uh, Octavius, you have enough time to go into town, deliver to the mayor the bus that you've crafted, uh, which will be unveiled during this set festivities this evening. Sweet. Pop into the, the tavern for a pint. As you, as you do. Yeah. Probably Darcy show just up brings in the, it to you. She doesn't even ask. I was, was going to say, he's, he's definitely the like guy who goes to the bar a lot and has his but usual. But she gives you a look. Like, really? But <laughs> yeah, she's like judgy. She's like, you have a family. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And he's just like, gives her a stare. It's like, don't judge me. <laughs> don't shake me. Why are you wearing black? <laughs> I know you well enough to do that, though. I did your whole tattoo. It's true. <laughs> and also, of course, you eventually reach a point where you're you're happy with the way the graveyard looks and make your way out. Uh, the Sycamore Grove is large. From one side to the other, it's close to maybe about 150 feet across, 50 yards from one side to the other, and close to about as far wide. And considering the fact that there's only 500 people in the entirety of the town, uh, although almost everyone, of course, is showing up for this, considering it's one of the primary festivals of the year, and considering that everyone in the town has lost someone either in the Shining Crusade or in the raids that have taken place uh, from the orcs of the Holds of Belskin. Streamers have been put up between the trees here, as in the Sycamore Grove, it's the celebration of life. Although, of course, everyone is then expected to make their way into the graveyard and spend the evening effectively in somewhat of a Day of the Dead sort of sharing of meals at the graveside of your family and remembering those who fought and died for you. You each have some time to spend with the festival, enjoying some of the simple games that take place here. Once again, the celebration of life. Children run everywhere because there's tons of children. A stage has been erected for the festival, which is a simple wooden stage. All of you can enjoy your festivities. I guess a show of hands that isn't a show of hands. How many people get face painting? <laughs> I always definitely have face painting. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, no. no. That, that do you take your daughter to go get face painting? Absolutely. Oh, okay. <laughs> Absolutely, I do. I figured, you know, Darcy's got a little board set up where they can pick one. And, and they're all like knights related. Like you want a dragon, or you want a shield? You want this emblem? You want a big scary orc? Hey, no. there's a lot of little kids running me. around with cool police symbol marks in their face, yelling, you know, like I'm Ayamade. No, I'm Ayamade. Beating <laughs> each other with sticks. <laughs> We're like, that's not how that's supposed to be. <laughs> and then there's Petra running around with a little uh, symbol of Gorum. Yep. <laughs> she takes after her father so well. Yeah. I- I'd be hanging around with the knights. I would be next to the face painting booth unless I need I was needed somewhere because I would be poking Darcy to be nice. I'm nice enough. What do you think of these knights? Kind of cute, yeah? I've tattooed half their hands. The knights? Oh, their hands, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, for some reason, I thought face painting was happening and I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, a few of them did their faces, but that was a little awkward. It'd be weird if you had a face tattoo. Well, that was just the face paint of the tattoo. Oh, well, now we're back to face painting. I thought we were talking about tattoo. I'm very confused. Goodness. I was talking about the adult men over there that are cute. I wasn't talking about the kids. So what? I point. Also, you're there, but you're not an adult man. <laughs> what does it matter if they're cute or not? Well, you know, sadness does a thing to a person. Uh-huh. And then you, you alleviate your feelings <laughs> in a bed. <laughs> Uh, I Sometimes with biting. Eww! Uh. <laughs> <laughs> this is a conversation that you and I should not be having. Why not? Because it's none of your business. Oh, there's children! <laughs> there's children here! A six-year-old boy looks up and waves. <laughs> this she is my favorite She finishes his dragon and says, Get on with you! Only bite if the girl wants you to. Bye-bye. <laughs> I'm a dragon, I bite who I want! <laughs> <laughs> 
I forgot they were children. I didn't mean to. <laughs> I have a feeling this dynamic is going to be fantastic. <laughs> I'm so excited. If it is not something you would say in front of father, you shouldn't be saying it now. I would say anything in front of father. No, you wouldn't. Yes, I would. You would not. I would too. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> I would mostly. Yeah, mostly. In which part would you be leaving out then? The explicit details. Exactly. <laughs> Don't need to be having that conversation at the festival. Shame on you. Shame on shame. <laughs> shame on you. You didn't even want to participate. No, I didn't. That's rude. Why? you got to give back to your community. I see enough of them on a daily basis. What does it matter if I'm at the festival? You're bringing joy to these little ones. Yeah, what about everybody else? I look around. Do they all seem happy, sad? What's the general mood? There's a little girl patiently waiting to be a cat. <laughs> I can paint and talk. <laughs> they all seem perfect. All right, what fun. color cat do you want? I want to be a gold cat. Gold cat, all right. She gets out her paint. <laughs> You're no fun. I'm going to go over there. What are you talking about? I have done a lot of paintings today. I'd say that's fun. Elsa just gives you a look and wanders away. <laughs> I'm going to go stand by the kegs. I'm going to go talk to that elf. She's around the pretty boys. Yeah, I'm going to not. I'm going to finish this cat. She's nice. Yeah, I'm sure some elves might be. She's not your mama. She's got <laughs> blonde hair. I can't say words. <laughs> no, God. <laughs> she's a blonde. She's not your mom. I don't think she's old. Well, I don't know. Elves are kind of iffy. You never know how old they are. But she's not your mom because your mom's an actress. She's a horse lady. <laughs> Doing horse stuff. I think she was a knight. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean I need to be friends with her. Well, you got to have more than one friend. Why? Well, I've got you. I, I'm the one friend I was talking about. you got to have, like, three friends. There's, like, I don't know. How many people? 400 people in this town? Almost 500, yeah. There's, like, half a thousand people in this town. you got to have more than me as a friend. I don't think I do. I, like, wander off. <laughs> the festivities continue. Uh, Octavius, you're daughter gets painted up as cat. Um, oh, is she the gold cat? <laughs> yeah, she's the gold ah, cat. Wait, I thought she had a gorum on her cheek. She also has a gorum. Yeah, she's a gorum cat. cat. It, she's a gold requests. cat with a gorum tattoo. Cool. I take requests, so gorum it's whatever cat. they want. Gorum cat. I tr- uh, I, she's up it as a forkin. That's what she is. <laughs> forkin. Mixing our universes here. Yeah. <laughs> Spiraled out of control. It's all Disney. To, to be fair, though, one, it's, yes, it is all Disney. Two, I imagine that Flurkins are probably, like, something similar to a Flurkin is probably somewhere in some beast area. Luis Loza stat went out for Starfinder. And so there it is. Thing. And there it is. So if you're playing some Starfinder, go check out his stuff. The festivities start in full. All of you go about your own separate ways, starting your own business. Elsa. 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 You stand near the gates into the... Keep wanting to say necropolis. Uh, <laughs> graveyard. Thanks, into the graveyard. Mask. You stand near the gates into the graveyard, reaching up and straightening out the last bit of like the the nice kind of wreath of flowers that you've wrapped into the wrought iron arch that goes nice. over the entryway. Nice. That bright blooming roses there. You hear the sound of footsteps approach before you feel a hand put on your shoulder as your father glances up towards your work, nods approvingly. Two mugs in one hand as he passes one over towards you. Oh, just what I was looking for. That's some mighty fine work. Yeah, I think I think the roses were a good choice. Well, your mother always liked roses. I think she'd be happy. Yeah. I had a choice between roses and lilies, and I told um I told Gold and Hans that we could just do both. 
but I think they knew that I wanted roses a little bit more, or maybe he was just a little more forward. Well, we're on the outside right now, so roses for the living, lilies for the dead. Oh, I like that. I like that. It works that. pretty well. Mm-hmm. So how are things? It's good. Business is good. Well, I mean, it's going to be... It should be picking up here soon. Once the trade season starts in full and uh, all that business down to the, the south with all the, the hobgoblins and the, the north mm-hmm. with all the giants and... In the east, they've been having some vampire problems. Oh, well... Oh, and that whole plague thing that hit Corvosa. There's been a lot of trouble recently. I feel like there's always trouble. Oh. Seems like every six months or so, a new thing. (laughs) (laughs) A new world. A new adventure path starts up. (laughs) We're we're actually about to do the one right here. You know, it hasn't hasn't been about six months. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Why, today is the anniversary. (laughs) Well, you know. I think Rossler's coffers had plenty of drama recently. Well, uh, I think things are finally settling down. I think uh, I think things are going to go good for us here. Yeah. Oh, you just jinxed it. <laughs> <laughs> Even Darcy's having a good time. I point over to where she's painting kids' faces and she looks... Miserable? I don't know. <laughs> I'm probably just like, I'm just not smiling, but I'm like working. Like. Oh, well, she at least looks intent. She takes pride in her work, I'll say at least. I'm glad yeah. that you dragged her into this. I always have to drag her into things to make sure she doesn't just keep herself up in her room practicing her art. Oh, you keep her from being dull and she keeps you from getting into too much trouble. <laughs> ah, it's a small town. Not that much trouble to get into. Not since the uh, big scary thing in the church left or was killed, I guess. Oh yeah, the Pathfinders came in. Yeah. They're good folk. They spent a lot of gold. Yeah. It's like they don't really understand the value of it. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I love oh. adventurers though. It's true. It looks like these Knights of Awesome, 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 awesome. have some gold on them. They've got very shiny equipment. Oh, that's true. Although they have their own barracks, but, you know, they still pop in for a pint from time to time. Even the paladin's got to let loose every once in a while. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I wanted to say, you know, since you moved out, we don't get to, uh, to talk quite as much as we used to. But mm. uh, I'm very proud of what you've done here. I think your mother would be, too. I think so, too. It's what It helps to think about it that way. I'm not gonna lie, I, uh, I always expected Darcy would be the one who ended up hanging out in graveyards, but, uh... <laughs> you know, it, it, one thing leads to another, you know, you, you start tending your mom's grave, and then you notice that, you know, the Fisher family doesn't have anyone tending that grave, so you take uh, that fishers. one, and then you just keep along until suddenly... The whole graveyard's yours. Suddenly the Masons and the Millers and all the rest of them. Yep, just, the Thatches. The Thatches, yeah. The Dusseldorfs. The, yeah, the, <laughs> the Blacks. Many fine families were lost. That's true. That's true. A lot of a lot of empty vocations left open. Oh my god. <laughs> Hopefully this influx of kids can solve, like, can shore up some of those weaknesses. That's true. Especially little Christopher. <laughs> we found a... Oh yeah, I see he was chasing some girl around, threatening to bite her. It's a, it's a little weird. He seems like a good kid, though. Elsa just like is quiet. <laughs> you, uh, I was just wanted to ask, and we haven't had a chance to talk in a while. You know, there are a lot of kids here. Is there, a, there a boy you fancy, perhaps? Or uh, I don't know. Sometimes some of these adventurers that come through are kind of handsome, but nobody that's sticking around. Uh, and most of the ones that are sticking around already have kids or wife or some situation. That's true. That's very true. Well, you know, I was lucky meeting your mother as it was after uh, after Darcy's mother and that whole um, uh, situation, if you will. Mm. Uh, I hadn't expected to find much uh, out on the frontier, but your mother was a wonderful woman, mm. and uh, she would be proud to see where 
where you've gotten now. She left her tribe and stayed here with us, and when the time came, she was willing to fight back against, well, not her own people because they weren't her tribe, but her own kind. And I think that did a lot to change people's minds here. I think so too. I just wish that she'd made it. Well, we drink for the living and we drink for the dead. Elsa nods and drinks. Yeah, clack your mugs <laughs> yeah. together, swig that back. Having you know, a kind of a somber moment as you look up here. In the back, a child is screaming, chomping his teeth as he chases after the children. Darcy's uh, <laughs> probably going to Christopher! Christopher! <laughs> what did we talk about? But then Dragons guard their horde. They don't go out trying to steal one. I do what I want. I was going to say, I mean, some dragons probably What did we maidens. talk about in Arcana class? <laughs> I'm being Bob. the teacher now. That's why I don't have an accent. <laughs> Where is Christopher's mom? <laughs> Chris. Drunk already. <laughs> Elsewhere. I like that we have just created an NPC here. He's cute. Hey, like we have that, that freedom. There's five, there's 490 more people <laughs> in this town for us to create. We're getting there. Octavius, you, uh, you've had enough time to go over, grab a mug of L, just kind of wander around and, and greet the other townsfolk, the other workers and such, the craftsmen. As you make your way up towards or closer towards the stage, you can see that it's it's well set up. It's all prepared for the the mayor to give her her yearly speech, recounting the the history of the town and all the great accomplishments of the region and so on. It's generally moving, so there's that at the very least. And again, with how many kids there are, it's kind of nice to to reinforce the local history. The bust that you carve sits on a pedestal in front of the podium where the mayor will speak. The stern visage of Rossler staring out over the the crowd. Honestly, you you consider it to be probably one of your better pieces. Uh, you feel like you've kind of captured his his general appearance. You'd had to spend a lot of time dealing with that nattering half orc in the graveyard while you were taking sketches <laughs> and such from the side of Rossler's tomb to be able to properly give uh, give weight and gravitas to Rossler's uh, impressive mustache, ha, nice. which is epically impressive. Is it like one of those like full on like handlebars? Like no, it's it's one wax? of those. It's almost one of those comb ones where you don't see his mouth. It's just like oh, a brick like... going in front of his face. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is it All bad right. that I pictured the guy from Atlantis, the bomber? I hmm. uh, don't know. Do you... I don't know what you're he talking was, he about. He was the guy that blew yeah. stuff the up. The cartoon Atlantis. Hold on. Yeah, but I mean, I haven't seen that movie in like a decade. It's so good. I love that so. movie so much. A woman comes up alongside you, uh, holding her own half-filled mug, although she doesn't seem to have been drinking a lot of it so much as she only probably got half a mug and then has just been kind of nursing it up towards this point. You immediately recognize this as Arabella Thermetian. You know that she is on the city council. She's actually the economic advisor to the city council. She's been kind of in charge of allocating funds. You've had to deal with her on a number of occasions because she's basically the the master of coins dealing with setting up who's going to be taking care of what projects. The woman is very tall, just shy of six feet. So not as tall as you, because uh, I yeah, think you're pretty towering. Like three inches shorter yeah. than me, so not much. But compared to a majority of the other people here. Yeah. <laughs> she has a shock of uh, disheveled, just windblown at the moment, simply because your outdoor red hair, which falls down her back. And a face that always looks, you'd say, not contemplative, but almost calculating. Mm. As if she's just looking over towards the side and you can just hear the cha-chink, cha-chink, cha-chink sound of her contemplating how many coins this is costing the city. Uh, apparently she follows Abadar. Yeah, it, yeah, she has a, a big key of Abadar on her chest. But the woman nods. Mr. Black? Miss Thermitian. It's a fine piece that you've done. Coin well spent then? <laughs> I think it will do well. 
we're going to be begin the construction on the new city hall soon. And I think it will have a place of honor once the building is finished. You know, one of my ancestors, a great warrior named Garrett, Garrett Thamitian, traveled with Rosler. You absolutely know this. She shares this with anyone given any opportunity <laughs> about oh, yeah. her famous ancestor that was one of the knights that served alongside Rosler. Ooh. Is he buried in here? Like here? Uh, you're not positive, but you uh. think he may be. Uh. It's said that he stood beside Rosler when the time came, fighting shoulder to shoulder, and died alongside the valiant warrior in their attempts to reclaim the body of Erasne. Mm. A loyal friend, then. Loyalty is something important to uh, the Thermitian family, and we've uh, we've spent years trying to build Rosler's coffer up to what it should be. This kind of rings true to you, considering there's a there's a constant string of rumors about her planning on replacing the mayor at some point to be mayor of town, and kind of subtly going out there and using her financial pull in the city to mm. kind of entice people into, if you work with me, maybe get a little more cha-ching when the time comes, when there's a new person sitting in the big chair. You know, I think it would be uh, be a benefit to all of us, perhaps, if we, say, had busts of all of Roster's uh, great warriors that served alongside him. Well, if you've got references, pictures, anything like that, I'd be happy to take the commissions. Of course, of course. I imagine it would be hard to convince the the mayor of the importance of that. She has a, a singular focus and doesn't understand the the blood that connects so many of the older families of Roster's coffer back to the Shrikes. But, well, well perhaps uh, in the future, if... Uh, if the mayor becomes more willing, or a, a new mayor perhaps becomes more interested in honoring our history, subtle, then we could look for uh, quite the commission for you. Mm. Well, if anything changes, do let me know. Mm. I'm always happy to serve the town. Of course, you're a, a loyal friend and part of the old blood of the city. It was a uh, it was a tragic day when we lost the blacks and. It was a, a great day for our town when you returned to us from your... Uh, I imagine as you kind of give her a bit of a look, she doesn't bring up where you had gone. I was going to say, he definitely gives her kind of a don't-you-dare-say-it kind of look. Yes, well, thank you for your time, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to commission that sometime soon. You do excellent work, Mr. Black. Thank you, ma'am. Enjoy the festivities. Of course. She makes her way off, half pretending to sit from her mug as she moves over to one of the other crowds to be supposed further smooth but keep her good wits lord. about her i'm sure yeah, i'm sure like he takes a drink and it's just like oh good lord politics is not his game so he's like ah i don't even care off to the side darcy you finish up with what you can only assume is your 500th child as they you guess they carted more of them in from the surrounding towns <laughs> they're busting them in Sometimes you finish with a child just to find a child that you already painted half their face come back for the other half of their face because now they want a knight fighting the dragon on one half of their face as if they've got a, like a lance skewering across their lip and then stabbing into the other dragon. <laughs> she just shrugs. It's better to just be doing this than to have to deal with everybody else. <laughs> That's true. You finally get enough of a break. Your father popped by at one point to uh, mug a bell next to you and, and head off. You're in the middle of trying to wrangle with a three-year-old and get a proper face painting while the parents were obviously very interested in the child getting their face painted. The child was obviously not. Mm. 
She's got tricks where like she has three of them together so she can just do a quick swirl and it's already done. Yeah. You finally finish up with one of the children, kind of glance over your shoulder, getting ready to just go next, before realizing that you've actually reached the, the end of the line. Oh, finally. As you look over the crowds, you can see your sister and your father off to one side having a, a conversation. Uh, you can only imagine knowing that your father had something about grandkids. He's uh, <laughs> it's very dedicated. <laughs> it's all about the family. I mean, that's that's normal parents. It's all parental, about the family. Normal parental thing. That's a normal like. parental thing. So when am I going to have some grandkids? Uh, <clears throat> Never. <laughs> <laughs> that's the official Darcy response. Never. The more you uh, ask, I add 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> Just a man. Well, on the plus side, you're a half-elf, so we've got some time. <laughs> <laughs> As you look about, you can see the various knights in their gleaming armor, the uh, the various workers and such, the townsfolk, the carpenters, the the builders, the rights, which are all both businesses as well as last names. Theme continues. <laughs> you then notice towards the the far end, just kind of milling in the the area of the two wagon carts next to the tall shires that brought in the uh, the carts full of L, the lanky boy that you'd met in the tavern earlier today. Yeah, he awkwardly takes a, a mug of L from one of your father's workers. Just kind of, yeah, gives him a nod. Does that like takes a sip? Face kind of scrunches up, <laughs> and then he like takes a big gulp because he doesn't want to look like he's not drinking, but in one of those wincing in anticipation sort of way, yep. and then nervously looking about the crowds. So does Darcy see him like looking for the Miller's daughter, or is he, he seems just... to be looking around for someone? Okay, so she's gonna close up her. Painting kit and put a you know, we'll be back. Back in five. Yeah. And then she's gonna go casually go refill her ale and happen to see him there. Oh, nice seeing you again here. Oh, um, uh, Dar- Darcy. That's right. Yes, it's, it's, uh, it's, I, I wasn't expecting, well, no, actually, I was expecting to see you here. Um, it's nice to see you. Did you find her yet? Or, uh, uh Serene, uh, no, not yet. Still want that introduction. Um, he kind of winces his face, takes a, a big gulp of the L, kind of uses that excuse to not say anything, but just kind of nods to you. And pace yourself, you don't want to be getting all tipsy before you go talk to her. Oh, oh, right, right. I'm, I, I think it, it's supposed to help. I feel a little nauseous. <laughs> Sip, don't mm. gulp. Oh. Right. Might be a little easier on your stomach if you're not used to it. Right, maybe I, maybe I should go with the milk. Uh, don't drink it now. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to mix those two, that's for sure. Maybe I should uh, switch to the liquor. No. What's that whole beer before liquor thing? No. Uh, <laughs> Never been sicker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Darcy t- scans the crowd and tries to find the Miller's daughter. Okay. It doesn't take you very long to find her. Serena is a, uh, a younger girl, much like he's, you know, much younger. I think in this case, none of you are playing like 16-year-olds again. Nope. We're all grown people. It's a bunch of grown adults doing adventuring. <laughs> Not even doing adventuring. Nothing bad will ever happen here. Yeah. I mean, technically we're all adults because the age of That's majority true. is 15. I am but, 18 you know. in that game. It doesn't take you very long to find her. She is a young girl, has straw blonde hair, which falls down her back. She wears a uh, simple dress of blue and white uh, and seems to be in the process of chatting with a... Uh, small group of other girls ranging from her own age, which, you know, she's in her late teens to younger teenagers and early 20s. Hello, ladies. Enjoying the festival? They kind of give you a couple nods. Two of the younger ones have face painting on the side of their face because they're at a party. 
But the older girls are here, obviously, trying to uh, impress some of the other their contemporaries. With how mature they are, because yeah. they didn't get their face painted. <laughs> but a number of them give you smiles and nods. You know, one of the younger ones that you painted her face just kind of points. It's like, like, look at my face. I know. I did uh, it. <laughs> it looks good. It's like three butterflies chasing a moth or something. I don't know. <laughs> chasing a moth? I don't know. It was a very, That's weird. It was a very particular plan that they had for their face. I think you should have just stuck with the three butterflies. Yeah. Well, Desna and Simple. You thing. added the moth in there. You added the <laughs> it's three butter. It's three butterflies and a death head moth. <laughs> oh, Darcy's not that mean. She'll just she takes requests. <laughs> so, um, mind if I have a chat with you, Serene? She glances curiously over towards you before smiling and nodding. Although, obviously, in that concern, did my father <laughs> say something to your father? And you're going to say, you know, she got the guilty conscience. She's up to something. How old are you? I'm thirty. Yeah. Yeah, she just kind of nods to the other girls, uh, makes her way off with you. Yeah, we're only walking like 10 or 15 feet away. Yeah. Like, we're not going. So. What can I do? I had a bit of a request from someone. Don't worry, you're not in trouble or anything. Oh, okay. So, calm down. I didn't do very well on, uh, when your sister came to school last week and was talking about my gods and everything. I might have fallen asleep. I was getting with something like that. Oh, don't worry. Everyone falls asleep when she gives that lecture. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Elsa from the crowd. Hey! <laughs> so, this morning, whenever I was working in the tavern, I had this young gentleman come in. This gentleman seems to fancy a little bit. Was it Carl? <laughs> oh, no! No! It was not Carl. Carl's a dog! <laughs> His name is Dietrich. She burst her brow, glancing around, like, so, Dietrich, Dietrich. Apparently, he's kind of, uh, he's only met you about one time has a bit, like I said, of a fancy for you. That's him over there trying to act like he's all okay with the ale. Man, you are not being a good wingman <laughs> at all. I'm not a good wingman. That's Elsa the whole point. A better one. She glances over. He's the uh, the captain's son. He actually seems to be a pretty nice gentleman. Had to chat with him this morning and seems to really like you. Came all the way to the festival here just to see you. But I think he's a little nervous. Would you mind if I introduced you? Properly. I suppose it can't hurt if, if he came all this way. That's why I, I asked I don't first. think I've, I've only ever seen him awkwardly stand on the deck of his father's ship. He's a little awkward, but he seems nice. Maybe give him a little chance. And if you don't like him, you just walk away. And if he bothers you, you come tell me and I'll get rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> My sister works at the graveyard. <laughs> My sister I know, does I work at the graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. We're not actually going to do that, but... <laughs> That's okay. All right, so I kind of wave him over and, like, you know, come on. He does that, like, thing where he looks over, he sees you waving, and he, like, looks behind him to make sure you're not waving to someone else. And then, like, like, no, no, you, come on. <laughs> Boys with me? <laughs> no, he makes his way over. I, 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 Say hello. Uh, he- hello. <laughs> uh, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, uh, uh Dietrich, um, I'm from Three Pines. I'm uh, up, up, down, 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 down river. He's from Three Pines. <laughs> down river, yeah, I, I think I got it. But it <laughs> Slow and steady, mate. Slow and steady. Uh, t- would you like to dance? <laughs> Is there even any music playing? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a, there's oh, a yeah. It's a for festival. Oh, okay. <laughs> Can't you hear the sirenscape? <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't know if that was just like for us. Yeah. There's a halfling band and Ben Looms on a cart over there. <laughs> Ben Looms with his computer Ben Looms and Halflings. <laughs> doing, it, doing it in real time, mixing it up. Thanks, Ben. Uh, she she kind of looks over at him. 
Go ahead and uh, go ahead and roll me a diplomacy check for. Oh god. For, uh, oh man. Hey, you're there. cute. Rolls. You're cutest first level. We're fine. She's a little girl. I believe in you. You probably should. I don't have diplomacy though. But you're charismatic. Charismatic. But I got a twelve. <laughs> Twelve. Not bad. Not bad. It's level one. You guys are low level. <laughs> level one. Everyone remember level one. I ate him. <laughs> so, I, I didn't think that was what you were rolling. I do have an eight before I roll. So what is yours? Well, I have a plus four, but I don't have anything added oh, okay, to it because okay. it's not a class skill. Yeah. Oh, she rolled okay. below average. That's yeah, unlikely. I rolled an eight. It that is being said, she's she's already friendly to you. So the the yeah. DC for a diplomacy check to. Uh, effectively, what you're asking, what you're doing, is mechanically looking behind the the screens. Is you're making a request of someone. Just you're like, hey, just chance. just give them a chance. See if. Well, that's why I added. You know, if she doesn't like it, she'll. Yeah. I'll put it into this real quick. I'm not gonna you're force out, her kid. to do yeah. anything. Get. I'll blast yeah. them with magic. <laughs> you don't want to start with me. I don't know if she'd go that far, but she would definitely be like, all right, kid, you had your chance. Ain't gonna happen. Let's I'm an all-powerful sorceress. <laughs> find a single cat to come and kill him. Don't let the magic magic missile hit you <laughs> on the way out. He's a commoner. It's fine. I, I suppose there wouldn't be any harm with the dance. And she's like, yeah. Yeah, he, he's obviously... <laughs> <laughs> now let your feet do the talking. Go. <laughs> he falls down. He's like an extraordinary <laughs> dancer. It's like Michael Flatley, Lord of the Dance. <laughs> <laughs> first level bard. Oh, my son. <laughs> he's my a dancing bard. <laughs> kind of watch them I suppose trying not to smile as they make their way awkwardly off yeah yeah maintain your uh, unpleasant demeanor and that was your good deed for the day yeah. yep I'm done <laughs> that, that pessimist side of her is just like that's not gonna work and then walks out <laughs> probably she's like uh, unless he can actually put two words together that ain't gonna happen ah, you still did a good thing yeah <laughs> now we get to the very but, serious uh, conversation of horses yep oh, well no <laughs> the very serious conversation of horses that would, that would be the name of uh, our Dr. Seuss book of <laughs> the events of Russell. A very serious conversation about horses. Valerie, uh, you stand off to one side. You're off, you're in line to get your refill, enjoying the, the festivities here, the the music. You're uh, you're on your second pint now, but considering that you're a, a warrior, you have a decent constitution, so can handle your, your alcohol. It is above average. I do have the above average elven constitution of eight. Uh, God, such fragile creatures. <laughs> It's so smart. But not good at drinking. <laughs> smart, graceful beings. As you stand in line, you hear someone clear their throat from behind you. Glance behind me. Glancing back, you see no one. Glancing down, <laughs> you see a halfling man with a disheveled shock of deep black hair uh, forming like ringlets around his almost cherub-like face, although he seems to have, in an attempt to make himself look a little bit more older, grown some kind of impressive mutton chops on the side, <laughs> which are also curly. Goodness. He wears fine robes in blue and gold, emblazoned with sunburst symbols across them. And he just kind of smiles up at you, holding a, in his hands what appears to be an oversized, uh, empty tankard. Good evening. Good evening. I under I saw you speaking with the Knights of Ozum. Am I to understand that you're a member of their order? No, I just work with them sometimes. Ah. Well, I apologize. I don't think we've really had a chance to meet much. I'm North. North Albo. Uh, Valerie. He beams, you know, extending a hand up toward you. She's tall, so, you know. Yeah, no, it's the, it's the elf half-like height <laughs> difference here. What's your last name, Valerie? <laughs> she doesn't say. What? Secrets. Madonna. Starting, I was going to say Onuris. <laughs> oh, Heather's bad at last names. I actually am a, uh, 
if you can't tell, a priest of the Dawnflower. Are you a religious person? She points to the holy symbol of Iomidae around her neck. I'm sorry, I meant more in a, are you an active churchgoer? Yes. Ah, I see. When well, I lived outside of the coffer, there's not a church of Iomidae here. That is true. There actually isn't much of a church of anything here, which is curious. With the exception, of course, of the Bastion of Light. You're perhaps aware of the building? She would make kind of a face. I know of it. Good. Well, then, I've actually come here as I'd heard of the Bastion of Light here. Uh, I understand that, sadly, all the priests within were slain when the city fell to the orcs. And now it is uh, freed after the Pathfinders came in and uh, slew the beast occupying it. Mm-hmm. So I'm here to serve as a city priest. I've only really recently arrived and I'm uh, looking to find some able-bodied individuals that would be interested in coming and helping at the temple. Helping what exactly? Well, unfortunately, a 20-foot tall giant red monstrosity crashing through a temple over the course of a decade has, uh, has done quite a bit of damage to the structure, unsurprisingly. And as such, I've been looking for people, uh, strong, able-bodied individuals to help. The Knights of Ozum have informed me that, unfortunately, their patrols and such keep them very busy at mm, most times. That is true. However, you, my lady, look to be a, a very fit source, and I, I couldn't help but overhear that a number of these horses belong to you. That they do. Well, of course, the Inheritor has long been a friend of the Dawnflower, and perhaps you would be willing to assist us. There are many people in the city that could benefit from the healing light of Serenre. And once I could get the temple up and going again, it would be a, a primary source to save the souls. Those fleeing from the battles in Dermathis, or those fleeing from the orcs in the belt hold of Beltskin, or those fleeing from the giants. We've had a lot of problems in this region. It would be a, a great benefit to this region. And you're by yourself. I wasn't necessarily... Uh, it's the easiest way to phrase this. I wasn't necessarily dispatched by the church so much as I heard of the issue confronting the city here and thought to myself, you know, it would be a good idea to come out here and help these people. I'm not actually from the region initially, so... And where are you from? He kind of shuffles his feet a little bit. Most recently, I hail from Nermathus, although with the troubles occurring there... Well, let's simply say that uh, I felt it was a good time to leave. Before that, I was a uh, servant, if you will, in Chiliax. Uh... But fortunately, the Dawnflower saw my plight and saw fit to uh, lead me on a new course and a new direction. And now I've found a place that I can return that favor back to her. But of course, I am uh, one halfling, rather tall of stature, uh, <laughs> comparatively. But I am not necessarily, let us say, the uh, the most fit individual to drag broken stone pews out of a church. Could I perhaps uh, count on your assistance? Nothing monetarily, of course I'm not asking, but if you would be willing to bring some of your horses out and drag away some things? I can do that. Ah, fantastic. The sun will shine always upon your fields. Thank you. Of course. Can he reach the thing to refill the ale? No. Reach a hand down to an offer to take his mug. That's very kind of you, my lady. Well, I will not take up any more of your time. The blessings of Serenary go with you. I see nothing but brightness in your future. <laughs> Man, this guy's got like some har Harlequin like you know humor to him. Because come on now, son. Everybody knows this is the Lost Omen setting, and the prophecy doesn't work, and he can't see nothing. I would uh, hand him back his mu refilled mug. Thank you. 
May you walk in the light of Iomeda. She would incline her head before making her way back towards the knights. You make your way off. As the sun begins to set, the sky paints brilliant shades of red and gold and orange. Lanterns are lit across the festival grounds, and a stream of lanterns are lit making their way into the graveyard. Eventually, the sun begins to set in full until there's just a thin line on the horizon. And just above the tree line, you can see the pale shape of the moon, shining full, the first full moon of Desnus, the Remembrance Moon. A somber attitude comes over the people here. An air of reverence descends over the, the plaza. The mayor makes her way up onto the stage, accompanied by the rest of the council, which also includes Killian, Darcy, and uh, Elsa's father. Elsa. Elsa. I said Elsa. 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 No, you're Ail. saying Elsa. 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 That's what yes. I said. Elsa. <laughs> you say you keep <laughs> saying Elsa. Elsa. Ale. No, like like a like, like the drink. Like the beer. Ale. Elsa. Yeah, but when when you do it faster, Elsa. you see you do it where you switch to Elsa. So it's Elsa. Elsa. There you go. go. Okay. Yeah. You have to say it in an It's accent. Elsa. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't have frozen power. Not yet. The, the mayor makes her way up on the stage. The mayor is an older woman. Her hair, which is mostly raven black, still has streams of silver, which goes through it. Her features are noblesque and refined, although she is beginning to show kind of the weariness that comes with being a person in a position of authority for so long. She looks perpetually tired as she was mayor still 12 years ago, whenever the attack came. And she mm-hmm. has been in charge of the rebuilding of Rosser's coffer over the past 12 years since then. She wears a fine green dress lined with white, bearing a key emblem across her chest, as well as a sash of office, which drapes down around her and the crowds fall silent and make their way forward as she stands to the fore. The speech she gives is pretty much the same speech every year. All of you have heard it numerous times before, although the speech is given more for the purpose of the children that are here so that they can remember the history more than others. The woman turns towards the crowd, raising her hands. Welcome, friends and visitors. Tonight, as we do every year, we observe the Remembrance Moon to pay our respects to the men and women who fought and died for our freedom. She bows her head for a moment. The rest of the crowd does much the same. I assume all of you do as well. Mm -hmm. Yep. Over 1,500 years ago, the ancient wizard Tarbafon, who was slain by Aerodin himself millennia before, returned to Galarian as a powerful undead lich known as the Whispering Tyrant. He ruled an empire of the dead, covering much of central Avistan for five centuries. Until it was, Taldor launched the Shining Crusade to halt the Whispering Tyrant's conquests. These noble warriors were joined by the righteous Knights of Ozum and the steadfast dwarves of Kragodon. United in single cause, these knights and paladins of the Crusade carved a slow, steady swath into the Whispering Tyrant's forces going so far as to even summon Aerodin's divine herald Arasni to finish her patron's work. But Tarbathon had grown more powerful on stolen secrets and borrowed glory than anyone suspected. And so it was that he struck Arasni down before the horrified gaze of the Crusader armies. There's a few cries of alarm from some of the younger children, as this is probably their first year coming to the Remembrance Moon, and the idea of good not always triumphing over evil seems to be anathema to them. Mm -hmm. The soldiers' resolve broke, 
and in that moment the Shining Crusade nearly turned back. Until a young woman named Iomede and the Taldane General Arnasant rallied their forces and renewed their assault, this time as a battle for righteous vengeance. The Shining Crusade fought their way to Tarbafon's very doorstep, to Andorok, the City of the Dead, and to his tower fortress of Gallowspire. Here the Crusaders faced an overwhelming army of the dead, and in the shadow of that tower, Iomede and General Arnestant confronted the Lich while wielding the sword and shield Aroden used to slay the necromancer in life. The whispering tyrant unleashed terrible magic, focusing his wrath on the two great heroes. He destroyed the blade of Aroden that Iomede wielded, but then she reformed it with a prayer and a vow, making it into her divine sword, Heart's Edge. There's a gasp from various children there and a few, you know, polite claps and such from, you know, the parents. The Whispering Tyrant then turned his focus on General Arnasant and unleashed his most powerful killing magic. However, the Noble Knight interposed the shield of Aroden, which shattered into a dozen pieces. Once again, gasps go up from the children. <laughs> One of these shards embedded into the Lich's own hand and burned with righteous light. Weakened, the Whispering Tyrant retreated into the dungeons below Gallowspire. Knowing full well the danger of hunting the Lich within his own lair, the remaining Crusaders instead constructed the Great Seal that binds the Whispering Tyrant in the shadows beneath his own capital forever. A cheer grows, goes up from the crowd. These noble knights formed our own nation of Lastwall to stand vigilant guard over the region and their spirits now reside in each of us. Tonight, we remember those valiant lives lost a thousand years ago. For our very own Irvin Roslar, founder of Roslar's Coffer, fell in the battle that reclaimed the body of divine Arasni. Tonight, we also remember our own dead, those who rode north to join the Knights of Ozen, and those who fought to defend their homes during the orc attack 12 years past. They will forever be here with us. We remember. A chant of we remember goes up from the crowd. Everyone bows their head in silence as the remembrance moon shines down over the crowd. She steps off towards the side. Killian Driscoe steps forward. It has been a hard 12 years for all of us, but we have persevered and worked together to get through it. Today is the day that we can spend with the family that are not in our lives each day, but are here with us. He points towards his chest. Here in our hearts. Tonight, we can dine with those lost to us. Join me in celebrating the lives lost and the lives still here. There's booze in the back. <laughs> A cheer goes up from the crowd. People make their way over as the kegs are open. Baskets of food are given out to each of the people who can make their way off into the graveyard, as I imagine all of you make your way back, get your tankard of L and your basket of food and make your way following the trail of lights into the graveyard. The sun is set in full by this point, and only the lights of the graveyard can leave you, lead you forward from the lanterns hung here. This evening, as spring is passing and summer is coming, the night is filled with the chirping of the various night insects as well as the dancing lights from the various fireflies that dart between the headstones. Darcy and Elsa, I imagine the two of you 
you know, hold back until you can meet up with your father as he makes mm-hmm. his way down. Mm-hmm. He wraps an arm, you know, just kind of around both of your sh- shoulders, pulling you into one of his bear-like hugs. I don't think I did too bad up there. That was a good speech. I, I mean, any so. speech that ends with booze is good. Well, yes. <laughs> it was a bit of a change in tone, though. <laughs> well, I mean, you can't just end on a downer every time. It's true. It's not like one of your poems. Oh, thanks for that. <laughs> My songs are sad, too. It's okay. I know. I, I, I raised these two daughters, and they just both end up being so sad. You'd think I did a bad job. I think it's just the town. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's a harsh life, but I think we can manage. Mm. <sighs> Come on, girls. Let's grab our baskets. I grab a basket. Let's go see your mother. I put roses on her grave. I think that's fitting. I think she'd like that. The uh, the three of you collect your, your food, make your way. Octavius Cor comes and joins you, where she'd gone over to uh, talk with her own family for a short bit. As the two of you make your way forward collecting your food, Meryl, the school mistress, makes her way out collecting the various children. Petra rushes over towards the two of you. They're collecting all the kids to go make their way back to the schoolhouse. So uh, I'm going to go meet up with my friends, and we're going to go and uh, look at the moon, I guess. All right. Have fun and be safe. (sighs) Yes, Dad. (laughs) I mean it. Right? If I see any ghosts, I'm not going to follow them into the woods. You run straight back home. Right. Away from the ghosts. What if the ghosts are between me and home? Run in a zigzag format <laughs> around the ghosts and back home. A pincer maneuver. <laughs> Make an acrobatics check against their combat maneuver defense to tumble past the ghosts. <laughs> Do not provoke attacks of opportunity. Talk to you better than that. Stay 10 feet away. <laughs> this is on the school flyers. Just like, don't do drugs, kids, and don't provoke attacks of opportunity. And don't follow Will-O-Wisps into the woods. Yes. Gorm if you says, see a ghost, just run right through it. <laughs> no. no. Oh, no. That's a bad <laughs> That's idea. a terrible idea. So much negative energy. <laughs> okay. I love you. <sighs> love you too, Dad. Cheap sighs giving you a hug. All right, I'm off. And then she's Have gone. fun. She takes off running, shouting back to the other kids and everything. Your wife simply shakes her head. The two of you follow the rest of the crowds going inside. Valor, you accompany the, the knights who make their way in. They more or less form up on either side. There's a great deal of people coming forward and giving respect to these other knights, standing there in their gleaming armor, their talberts emblazoned with the shield sigil, most of them bearing holy symbols, primarily to Iomede. That's the one I'm wearing. Yep. They, of course, get a great deal of respect and reverence from the people here because they know the sacrifices that the Knights of Ozum have made over the centuries to protect them. You follow the other knights in. Most of them don't actually grab food, as many of them don't actually have loved ones to stay and eat with. Yeah, I grab a basket. However, they do make their way forward. Uh, I imagine you accompanying them to the memorial in the center of the graveyard to pay their respect to all the knights of Ozum that have gone before. A solemn ceremony ensues, where each one of the names on the memorial are read one after the next after the next. Considering that there are close to almost 300 names, this takes some time as the knights go through each one of the names of their fallen brothers and sisters over the centuries in remembrance of their own sacrifice and permitting them to be where they are now. I imagine once this is done, you can take the time to break off. Wandering through the graveyard, you find your destination easily. A solitary gravestone not surrounded by family members, but sitting somewhat off to itself. As so many other gravestones here are, they each have various dates ranging back over the various years, although 
as many of these graves are, this is in the new section of the graveyard with the most recent dead. As you look past, you can see a large number of families making their way over here. Killian Driscoll and his two daughters. You can see the the blacksmith, the uh, the local miller, as well as his uh, wife and daughter. You think the woodcarver and his wife, although you don't see his daughter here, as well as numerous other people. Although you can only you're the only one making your way to the gravestone that stands alone here. Good evening, Nikolai. Valerie would sit down and begin to sort through the basket. She would probably just start talking about what's been going on in the year since he died. Just same old, same old in this town. I don't know what to say. (laughs) You You have a plight talk. Mm. Um, Do you still take care of his horse? Probably. What is his horse's name? I don't know. Give me a horse name. Cherry. (laughs) You want it to sound like more intimidating. Cherry Fang. (laughs) Cherry Fang. Uh, Cherry Fang. fang Cherry Shanks. (laughs) It's not a long shanks type situation. (laughs) <laughs> cherry foot. I just like we'll just call it cherry. That seems like hilarious that a night of Ozen was like, and this is my horse cherry. Yeah. I still have cherry. She's somewhere around here pulling ale. I thought she might like to get out of the field for a day. I told you that you shouldn't have helped those pathfinders, but you're always stubborn. Start spreading out the food and take a seat next to the gravestone. I got a letter from your aunt a few weeks ago. Things back in Vigil are proceeding as usual. And they still want me to go home. But I think I'm going to stay here for a bit longer. She would continue to chit-chat, sitting down and starting to nibble. Very well. All elves eat like squirrels. Well, it's hard to talk around a mouthful of food. Oh, no, no. (laughs) He can't hear you. (laughs) I thought the point was that he could hear us. That's not what Elsa would say. (laughs) The Driscolls make their way over, the three of you settling down next to a fine gravestone. One seemingly kept up with the level of care even beyond the, uh, the high level of care that the other gravestones are kept up with. I paint designs on it every year. Nice. Your father just kind of settles down, lays out the food. His traditional smile, little, a little bit slower to come and a little bit sadder. Mm. Well, hey there, Yazara. It's another Remembrance Moon. I made Darcy paint faces again. <laughs> she did. She did very good. Yes, You've she... been proud of her. She's good at cats. Did a dragon this year, too. Mm-hmm. The children seem to like it. I'm still not a grandfather. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it's been a good year, and uh, thank you again for making sure we all saw another year. Mm-hmm. These last 12 years have been a gift, and uh, and we miss you. I keep the axe, you know, sharp. No, she keeps, she's used, uh, I don't know if she's all that good at the axe, but... Uh, uh, not really, I mean, kind of. But she if, can uh, chop wood, at least. Uh, huh? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> if any goblins come hopping over the wall, no, she'll deal with them right away. That's true. True. I had um ah oh, what's his name Octavius. I had Octavius put a, a little design on the handle. It's nice, a rose maybe. Yeah. Ah, uh, you always liked roses. Bit of a theme now. It's a bit of a yes. Oh, well. It's a bit cliche, but I think it's pretty nice. <laughs> you know what? Cliche is just there because it's it's well loved. Ah, it's a good way to put it. But uh, it's another remembrance moon, and uh, and we're here with you again. So, I hope uh. For Asma Willen, you can hear us, and uh, you know that we appreciate all you did for us, and uh, and all you still do for us. I wrote a new song, and I'm going to sing it, and 
then I would sing it. <laughs> but I don't know the lyrics, so I didn't actually really write a song. <laughs> <laughs> it's dirgy, though. It's a dirgy. It's a very sad, like, oh, Danny boy type song. The pipes, the pipes, they're calling. Yeah. Octavius, uh, you, of course, get the chance to go and see the graves of your family. I imagine you break off with Cora as she goes to meet up with her family and uh, mourn their own dead. Although, you know, you've always been been accepted and liked by her family. Glancing about, though, you would see uh, another familiar gravestone, which would sit on its own, quiet and untended, unremembered, surrounded by the rest of the, the gravestones of his family. Hey, it's tended. <laughs> tended, but not currently unvisited. Yeah, I guess he would squat down in front of uh, Franz's gravestone. Hey, buddy. Well, another year, and everybody's still here, except for you. I've kept to my word. I haven't had to raise a sword or touch my magic for uh, about 10 years now. Uh, I miss you. Petra's 10, but she's acting like she's 15. Already thinks she knows everything. I don't feel like it's going to be too long before the men start calling. I'm not okay with that. (sighs) I hope you enjoy... Wherever you are, I hope you're happy. I'll see you next year. He just stands up and starts kind of walking off. You know what? Go ahead and, uh, and give me a perception roll from the party. We're not a party yet. Wow. Wow. That'll play. 22. I also 22. got a 22. I also got a 22. Oh. I get a 16. Oh. <laughs> you broke almost, our streak. We almost had it. Valerie, you're... You're focused on the gravestone ahead of you. You look back towards the knights engaged in their camaraderie. There's always that that thin barrier there separating you from them. There are 12 of them, men and women. You're reaching that point in your life when you realize that 50 years from now, they'll either be retired or in the grave. And there you'll be, reading off their names. Hence, you don't notice what the others do. Octavius, you stand up, turn to make your way back towards your wife. And there across the mist-shrouded fields of the gravestones, away from all of the other people, nearly the entirety of Rossler's coffer is in the graveyard at this point, as this this festival is celebrated by nearly everyone. You see a solitary figure. At first you're confused. It's almost like... Your mind registers that there's someone there, but they stand so still that you wonder if there's maybe just an angel-shaped gravestone or grave marker until you realize that, no, it's a gray-cloaked figure, like the gray woman standing in the mists some hundred yards beyond the closest person. Darcy and Elsa, you're basically in mid-conversation at this point. Your father has gotten up and left to go and make certain that, or go and refill the kegs and make sure that the Teamsters are taking care of that. The two of you are sitting alone by your mother's gravestone. When the two of you glance over and notice the same solitary figure, this gray woman standing alone and stock still, the woman seems to watch the gathering crowd. She looks solid. But there is something unnaturally still. She then seems to almost cock her head, turning and glancing back over her shoulder, away from the city, 
And for the moment, the three of you see the barest flash of a light, like a second dawn blossoming over the tree line. For all four of you, the world goes black. Black beyond all imagining, pure, utter darkness. Elsa, you're the first to recover from this. As you blink for a couple of seconds, your eyes adjusting from seeing in light to seeing in darkness. You stare up at blank stone. Overhead is just a solid sheet of stone, and as you glance to your right and left, you feel this sinking sensation as you are surrounded by stone on every side, as you lay inside of a rectangular stone enclosure. Uh, I'm going to push on it. I'll need you to make a strength check. No. All of my bard strength. Uh, (laughs) A nine. You struggle pushing against this. Octavius, you snap to consciousness seemingly in darkness. You have this odd vertigo sense like you were standing a moment ago and now you're lying. Grabbing onto this, just kind of pushing around, your arms immediately hit either side as you try to reach out, grabbing out for something as you hit stone. For a moment, you begin to sit forward before you crack your forehead onto something immediately above you. Uh, he pushes on the, the stone above to see if it'll move. I'll need you to make a strength check. Oh. He gets a three. Yeah, you just cannot get leverage. Darcy, you snap awake now alone. Disturbingly just enwrapped in darkness. I cast light. <laughs> <laughs> Calling upon your innate magic powers fumbling a hand around to try to grab onto just something, the edge of your clothing. This radiates into a burst of light and you find yourself in in a tomb of what appears to be pure stone. As if you're in just a six foot high, three foot wide, maybe only two foot deep stone enclosure. She probably starts breaking out. (laughs) And pushes every which direction she can. (laughs) Valerie, you snap to consciousness inside of just blackness. Okay. I mean, she would feel around. You feel cold stone beneath you, beside you, above you. <laughs> start start pushing. Oh, hey, that's a good roll. I get a 19. You push, shoving with your strength from years of training, corded elven muscles taunt as you push upwards, lifting this 100-pound slab of stone and toppling it sideways. Cold, still air rushes in to greet you as you sit up in still, utter darkness. Elsa, you hear a loud, slamming sound of stone from somewhere nearby as you begin to try to push on the stone above you. Hey! It's dark. I I can't see anything. The three of you still inside of the sarcophagi hear voices coming from somewhere nearby, although it is incredibly muffled. Uh, Valerie will start to try to stumble towards where she hears the voice, just doing that thing where you're not really standing up and you're kind of... I'm going to shove also. <laughs> yeah, so you can go ahead and make another strength check. Okay, that'll play. Uh, 20. You heave, toppling the stone sideways, uh, nearly dropping it on the elf next to oh. you as you sit up, gasping for breath. <gasps> I look around. <laughs> Darcy is uh, screaming and pounding. Yeah, there's uh, screaming and pounding coming from nearby. Glancing about... <laughs> You're in a chamber probably no wider than about 15 feet, maybe 30 feet in overall length. All is cold stone. As you glance about you, you appear to be in the second of six sarcophagi, which line one wall. 
Thank Murals you. mark the surrounding walls from here. A crate stands off towards one side, derelict and forgotten, and a single door exits from this chamber off towards your right of heavy stone. I think we're in a crypt. And I'm going to get up and go toward the sound of Darcy screaming. Uh, Octavius? Just kind of call out, Hey, let me out! And then push again to try to get out. You can make another strength check. A nine. Nine? Yeah, you with your bulk, you can't, your arms are down say, as your side, can't even, and like, now my, you I'm can't, like, like yeah, get my elbows are, like, out trying to get leverage to do it. Oh, I think I also would have grabbed the elf's hand to, like, take her with me since she can't see in the dark. Yeah, I only rolled a three to try to push, so. <laughs> There's a panic screaming coming from one of the sarcophagi. You're strong, right? Uh, I suppose. All right. Um, You can't see because it's dark, but... I think we're all in uh, in sarcophagus, sarcophagi, um, in some sort of a, a crypt. Um, we were just at the festival, right? It's not a good joke, but um, <laughs> I think it it is one. Um, ah, she just kind of like waves off, like you can't see her, but she kind of like waves off the thought and like drags you with her toward where Darcy is screaming. You're gonna help me uh, open the lid. Yeah, I put your hands yeah, on Yeah, Valerie so would feel the, around. The two of you can head over in that direction. You can lead her down that way. So go ahead and give me an, another action from yeah, Valerie hit. and Elsa, and go ahead and give me a strength check from uh, Darcy. I definitely aid. So Octavius, Valerie. go ahead and give me a strength check on your own. Okay. So who aids? I aid. So do I. Uh, Octavius <laughs> gets a 14 this time around. I got a 21. Very well. <laughs> With a 14, Octavius, you managed to end up just instead of pushing up, just kind of pushing a little bit up and then down until you can slide whatever this is further down along the track. You don't actually Uh, lift and throw it up, but you're able to get enough of it down that you can kind of wiggle yourself into a sitting position at least and gasp for breath. Hey, we're we're coming. Off towards your left, the room floods with light as the lid of a sarcophagus is lifted off and the light spell blazing inside streaks across the chamber and temporarily blinds almost everyone. Ah! Well, what? I couldn't see in there. All right. Which one of you what was there put to us even in see? here? Which one of us? Why would we put ourselves in a crypt? Well, I was in a crypt. You are all out. We were. We in a all crypt. came out of those. We all point. Kind of glances over. <laughs> oh. You're very judgmental. It's gonna be okay. It was just a joke, I'm sure. Just a joke. Really? I don't think burying people alive is a joke. We weren't buried. It has to be a joke. It, it, we were all at the festival. I was at the gravesite, and now I'm in a tomb. That's be powerful magic that could play this kind of joke. I mean, there was a weird woman. Yeah, I saw her too. I saw her also. You a saw, woman. Maybe she. Uh, maybe it was Rowena. I call her Rowena, the the uh, the gray maiden lady. She like not maiden. The gray lady. She wanders sometimes. I think. The legend. Yeah. She's never done anything like this as far as we know. But why would she? Uh, well, there was a light. Maybe it was a joke. More importantly, where are we? Is there anything magic in here, does by this, the way? Does this look like anything? Yeah. Glancing about the room, murals cover the surrounding walls. Over each one of the sarcophagi is what appears to be a mural depiction. Across the top, emblazoned in fine Taldane letters, an older Taldane, in a script that hasn't probably been used in some time, so it's kind of old Englishy. Huh. That simply states the Red Shrikes. The Red Shrikes. Does that ring any bells? Anyone that has knowledge history may roll a knowledge history. I actually have a rank in that. Wow. 23. 23. I rolled real high at 18 on the dice. Nice. Yeah. But you do, in fact, actually know some pertaining towards the Red Shrikes. Hmm. The Red Shrikes fought with Rossler? 
I think we might be in Rossless Crypt. It was sealed up. Somebody desecrated a tomb and put us down here. For a joke. Well... A curious element to this, however, is the fact that probably be immediately noticeable to uh, Octavius. He kind of turns around and glances over this mural of the sarcophagi he's sitting up in. The mural above you depicts a human man, probably in his mid-30s or so, with a broad, barrel-chested build, well-trimmed hair, a well-trimmed beard, and what appears to be a hammer in one hand and a heavy shield in the other. Thor? Uh, Gorum? <laughs> uh, Octavius? It's, it's, it's a shocking resemblance to you. As is the half orcan woman, as is the half-elven maid, as is the elven woman on each one of these depictions. That's disconcerting. Hmm? What? What is? That's us. That can't what do you be mean us? that's us? That looks shockingly like me. That looks shockingly like you. That looks like the elf. That's all of us. The final two sarcophagi sit quietly. You haven't heard any movement. The murals above them are strangely indistinct and worn. Should That's probably weird. see if there's anybody else in those. As you're coming to this realization, all of you'd realize that you've, you're wearing grave clothes. Huh. What appear to be fine gray linen robes that a person would be buried or interred in. Each one of these bears the symbol of the Knights of Ozum emblazoned over the left breast. Well, that's just weird. Uh, what on earth is going on? Octavius goes over and starts, like, hauling off the next, you know, the, one, the ones with the two indistinct. He, like, starts hauling off the... I reckon the they're top. either dead or empty. Well, we're going to find out. Hmm. So Octavius is checking that. The rest of you? I want to look in the crate. I want to look in the crate. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I want to stop talking like this. I, I get into it, and that's, I can keep it going. It's hard. Is there any magic? I just see. No. Okay. I'm going to detect magic. You do a quick sweep around the room and you don't see any magical auras. Where's the door out of here? There's a single door off towards your right-hand side. It's probably sealed. Well, we're going to have to get out of here one way or another. Oh, it couldn't be sealed. Somebody had to bring us in here. I guess it's not sealed. Unless they sealed it behind them. It was sealed. Yeah, but how? it's not like we were sitting next to each other. How would they have knocked us all out at the festival and brought us here? This doesn't make any sense. Unless we don't remember. Valerie's going to go try the door. Very well. Octavius, prying open this first sarcophagus, uh, what do you get taking 10 on a strength check? 10. 10? Okay, you'll need to roll. Boo. 14. 14? You managed to slide this open. Within is nothing but dust and what appears to be some armor. It looks to be just like a chainmail halberd pair of boots. Okay. And a mace. Hmm. Uh, like, are they like positioned to where like somebody would someone would have been laying? Whoever was in here has been dead long enough that there's not even bones left. Or they just put armor in there. I mean, I guess. If they didn't have a body, sometimes you only bury their belongings. Mm-hmm. Uh. Darcy, sweeping the room to detect magic, you don't detect any magical sources. You do see that beyond just the uh, inscription that states in large letter, the red shrikes, underneath it is a smaller inscription that states, Noble companions in the war against evil, rest well, my friends. Don't feel well rested. <laughs> No, usually waking up in a tomb isn't very restful. Is this meant to imply that we're the Red Shrikes? It's kind of a fun name. Red Shrikes? Shrikes a bird? Aren't Shrikes those birds that they pick up things and they throw them down on little spikes to eat them? You make an old nature check if you so wish. Bardic knowledge. Um, I get a 10. <laughs> you would know that a Shrike is a type of bird. They're carnivorous birds. They do, in fact, impel their prey yeah. on spines or barbs or thorns to devour them. Yeah, that is what they do. I'm right. That Yeah, I think that's what they do. The Shrikes. Kind of vicious. Mm. Vicious. Sounds a lot like a uh, pikeman line. A what? Men with spears. 
put them into the ground in a line. Somebody charges towards them, they run into the line. You know a lot about wars. I fought That's a fairly war. common tactic. You think we can find a spear then? He I'm goes over to, to, the, to the second one and just starts tugging on that. Well, if you uh, said if we're in Rossler's tomb, we're in town. Yeah. Well, we should be. I mean, I've never been inside, so I'm guessing. Valerie, trying the door, you find that it's unlocked. Push it open. Pull yep. it open. Wait, there's a crate. Crate. Yeah, Opening the crate, which opens relatively easily. The crate is draped with a drop cloth. This you can easily push off to the side. Opening the crate and glancing inside, you find a variety of uh, what appear to be dried out useless paints. Oh. A crowbar. Flint and steel, what look to be maybe three regular lamps, two hammers, a hooded lantern, uh, look to be maybe a couple pints of oil, and a mug. All right, who wants to play what's in the box? What's in the box? Shoving open the other door. You kind of have enough time to go, what's in the box? Beyond this room, you see into the second one. The room contains several low shelves covered in rags and loose bones. You're not positive if there's another exit from this chamber because you haven't stepped out into it yet. Although as you push this open, you can see now with the light that's playing out past you into the room beyond, there are further murals in that chamber as well. The ceiling's only about 12 feet high. However, your vision is instead drawn to the solitary creature. Oh no, why'd you open that A door? A skeletal thing looms over one of the sarcophagi in this room and turns back towards you. Its eyes are simply empty sockets. However, inside of it, there seems to be almost this bizarre knot of bone inside of its chest with two red gleaming eyes that stare out from within its rib cage. Oh, that's creepy. You should shut the door. The skeleton <laughs> lets out a hiss as it hefts up its longsword and begins to push back towards you. What on earth was that? And I will need initiative from the party. Why did you do it? Next time. Oh, dang it, I rolled. I rolled so well. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to our oh first gosh. episode, Pathfinders. Oh gosh, where are we? Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Tyrant's Grasp is copyright 2019. Tyrant's Grasp and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission. 